Today's episode is sponsored by Parents of Trans Youth. If you're the parent of a transgender kid, you probably have lots of emotions when it comes to understanding your kid and wanting to know how to support them. You might be happy for them, but also have some fear, doubt, and maybe even some grief. This is normal, but it can still be hard to hold all those feelings. Parents of Trans Youth has something that will help you. Our online course for parents and caregivers, Parents of Trans Youth 101, focuses on the head and heart part of parenting trans kids so you can parent your child with confidence and celebration. I created this course to share what I've learned, not only from parenting my two trans children, but also from gathering wisdom from my wide network of parents of trans kids, transgender adults, and other experts. Y'all, this is the resource I wish I had when my kids came out. It's self-paced, so you can go through it on your own schedule, anytime, anywhere. Order it today at parentsoftransyouth.com support. You're not alone, and it's going to be okay. Welcome to Beyond Your Lens, a special place where we share our story as a transgender couple and welcome other amazing stories with us. This podcast is all about being open-minded. We want everyone to feel that their story matters. We'll talk about our own experiences and talk with guests from all walks of life. And together, we'll explore what it means to be authentic and understanding. Join us as we share, learn, and grow together. This is Beyond Your Lens, a space where we see the world through different eyes in the same heart. Welcome to another episode on Beyond Your Lens. We are so honored to have a very special guest, Sarah, on today. She will be sharing her heartfelt story about her daughter's transition and shedding light on the important topic of trans youth. So welcome, Sarah. We're so glad to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for You're having so me. Welcome. Of course. <laughs> Another connection on social media. It's been great. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's just start off with the first question I have, which I'm sure we'll dive in deep on this is, can you share a little bit about your family and your child's journey and transitioning and how that all went about? Yeah. Um, it's a very, it's a lot. So I'll just start at the very beginning, okay. I guess. Um, me and my husband are high school sweethearts. We've been together pretty much our whole entire lives. Um, got married. We did. He did eight years in the Marine Corps. Um, we were stationed in San Diego, so we left our hometown uh, in the Midwest and moved three thousand miles to do that. We were there for eight years in San Diego, um, and then we started having babies and we moved home. So we wanted to be, you know, around family to raise them and all that. So we have currently three kids. Uh, I'm done as far as that's going. Uh, but yeah, we've got three and our oldest is uh, eight. The middle one is six. And then our youngest will be two in um, just about four weeks. So yeah, we've got, got a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, busy, busy parents. We are a homeschool slash unschool family. So we do spend all day, every day together pretty much. Um, my husband is a helicopter mechanic, so that's what he did in the Marine Corps, and he does it now for life flight helicopters. He does that, and we are very fortunate to have him like around a lot. He's basically just on call, so wow. that's been um, awesome. And yeah, so we we um, River is our oldest, our firstborn, and River is our trans child, and um, River started, I would say, exhibiting, you know, signs, um, started to just wanted to play with all of the girl toys, um, wanted to play dress up and makeup with mommy, um, stuff like that around the age of three, uh, choosing. And at the time we were, I was a dance instructor and a yoga instructor and I was bebopping all around and had a very busy schedule and they were in daycare. Um, and so River would, you know, choose at daycare to play with different toys and things like that. So then it started to become, uh, around three, four years old that at first, whenever your child starts to, you know, just want to play with different things, it, you don't think much of it. You do think of it. Um, but you don't think much of it. And it was a very gradual, um, a very gradual unfolding, I would say. A lot of people, I feel like, don't understand the um, the amount of time 
or, you know, I guess like the amount of time that you, that, that this takes, Mm -hmm. um, to figure out, you know, because, uh, at first I, you know, admittingly, we had no idea, uh, what we were, you know, looking at basically. Um, and then the only reason that I think I started to look further and further was because of how persistent and insistent river was. Mm. Um, and those are two really big signs that, you have a trans child um, because it wasn't just that River wanted to do it only during playtime and, you know, wear a dress. It was like, I want to wear one all the time. Um, at, at the store, we didn't want to, you know, pick out clothes from the boys section anymore, stuff like that. And, and so I just started um, consuming information, mm-hmm. I would say. I became um, just wanted to know everything I could possibly know about everything. I didn't know if my child was gay. I didn't know if my child was, you know, um, I didn't know if it was a phase. I didn't know if we would outgrow it. I had, I had no idea what I was up against, but I've always been an ally to the LGBTQ community. I just wanted to be the right type of ally, I think. Um, and I also wanted to further understand my own kid and what, you know, what we were going through. And we were raised a very uh, religious you know, like conservative upbringing, you know, explaining all of this to friends and family was obviously very difficult. Yeah. So telling, sharing with uh, friends and family what we were going through, I chose not to do that for about a year, Mm. I would say. Um, I think we just studied. uh, We took it all in and we tried to educate ourselves um, through multiple different, you know, resources, websites, books, Etc. And then when River was, um, this was about four and a half, you know, three, four and a half. And then coming into five, six years old, um, River really started becoming more insistent and persistent. And like this hadn't, this hadn't changed. Nothing has changed. And now not only do we want to, you know, dress like a girl and we want to play with girl toys, um, you know, and all these things, River started saying, um, you know, I am a girl. Mm. And so that was a little bit, um, different and it didn't really come out as I am a girl first off. Um, the very, very, very crucial memory I have is us playing together in the basement at, um, one of our, old houses and just playing toys together. And, um, River asked me, you know, for, can we go shopping and like get some clothes and like all these things. And this was like the very beginning where I knew that it wasn't just going to be during playtime or at home. And I was going to have to start letting my child express themselves outside of the safety Mm -hmm. of home. And how do I do this? Um, what, what, you know, I literally didn't know what to do. Um, and a lot of people think that transition for a child is, uh, more than it really is. And it's simply pronouns and and a wardrobe change. Um, but it's for a child to change a pronouns and wardrobe is not simple, Mm -hmm. um, to a lot of people, unfortunately. So it's, uh, it's very difficult. Um, the biggest reason that, you know, I, I'm really lucky to, um, have like found some of the resources that I did anyway. So after educating ourselves, um, we knew that, you know, we were either going to basically accept our child or not. Um, and for us as parents, there was not a not in there. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't not accept what my child was telling me, um, because it was persistent, consistent, and, um, insistent. So typically, um, with transgender children, um, they say that you really, it's about a six, I guess they say six months is like some sort of a waiting period. Um, but I do say like, if 
uh, you have a child that is persistent, consistent, and insistent for six months or more that um, you should believe them, basically. And that is, you know, according to, to doctors, um, we, yes, yeah, so we ended up doing the, um, you know, the wardrobe and the pronoun change and some family and friends were respectful of that and some still aren't and it's been years. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's a, still a battle, you know, and it's still something that I worry about because, um, statistically 50% of trans youth try to commit suicide before the age of 20. Um, and so I think that people just don't understand the gravity of what you deal with as a trans parent, um, to not allow my child to change their pronouns and the way they dress. I'm playing Russian roulette with their life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I could not, I couldn't consciously ever do that. So, yeah. So when you say, um, that river was very persistent and you know, all that stuff, I know I have a lot of viewers that think, well, how do you know it's not a phase besides the six months? Um, how else would you explain it? Because I have a hard time even explaining for Ryan and my spouse is 35 years old and mm -hmm. you know, people go, well, how do you know it's not a phase? And Ryan's like, I don't know how to explain this, but it's literally how I felt forever. So what I'm saying is your child is so young and I know, yes. I know that these feelings typically come on at a very young age. And I will mm -hmm. say that River has very special parents to feel safe to even come out to because a lot of, a lot of children feel this at this age. A lot of people yeah. come out later in life is what I'm saying. And they feel right. it at such a young age. And so for her to even come to you guys and even have these conversations it says a lot about you guys but yeah how did you how did you um really know like this was not a phase mm -hmm. um so yeah the the thing that they talk about um I want I really should get her name uh doctor um yeah so this book was um a great resource for us. Okay. It is the gender creative child by Diane Aronsaft PhD. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. Um, but, um, this book was like l great because it, it kind of does give you a checklist, um, you know, of things to look for, um, the differences between a feminine presenting gay child and a trans child, um, which i thought there wasn't really anything that existed like that. So, um, I did enjoy reading this. Um, and she compares the gender spread as fruit, um, apples, oranges, and fruit salad. And she kind of tells you how to tell the difference if you have an apple or an orange. Um, and so one of her ways is the six months of persistent and, you know, consistence. Um, it's not, you know, basically at that point, it's not a phase and it's not like a, I need time to explore this and see. Mm -hmm. um, because one of the other things I'm really passionate about is neurodiversity. Um, kids with ADHD or autism mm -hmm. are very likely, more likely to be transgender um, or a part of the LGBTQ uh, plus community. And so I just which I think, you know, um, if you think about it from a bird's eye view, I feel like if their brains are divergent, you know, neurodivergent, um, of course, these beautiful people are going to just see, see right through the social constructs and, um, you know, not, not play a part of them mm -hmm. basically. Um, and so, yeah, so she, anyways, that book does help with that. Um, and some of the other things is, um, wording. Um, you know, I wish I was a girl, mm -hmm. um, versus I am a girl, um, you know, things like that. So, um, it, the, it probably takes like living in it too. It does. Yeah. It does. And it's hard to like regurgitate all of the points, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, but one, and then one final thing is, uh, you know, to make sure that we weren't, um, 
to make sure, I guess, that we were being on the safe side, we did get River a therapist. Um, and this was a therapist that works with transgender people. Um, and so basically, uh, after we met with therapists several times, um, you know, she said, you have a, an orange or whatever it is. I can't remember if, yeah, yeah. if River's an apple or an orange. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was at that point. And then that was around, um, six years old. And, um, we've met with a therapist a couple of times on and off, but, um, the last time that we had therapy, um, Rivers therapist said that we didn't really need to be on like a regular basis or anything. Rivers, Rivers, I'm trying not to get emotional. You can totally get emotional. Um, but the therapist just said that River has like a supportive, happy, and healthy home, and mm-hmm. so um, he doesn't need to see River. Wow consistently right now, um, where we're at right now. So we do, you know, uh, twice a year check-ins and things like that. But right now it's, you know, Rivers eight just turned eight in August. Um, and Rivers just a kid and honestly being transgender is the least, uh, fascinating thing about that child. Um, River is, She's actually diagnosed twice exceptional, um, ADHD and a high IQ. She's a brilliant, brilliant person. Um, and she is just such a, she is braver than me. Wow. (laughs) Doesn't care. Um, bullies, you know, don't affect her. She, I'm the one with hesitancy to enter new spaces or new things. She has no hesitancy and doesn't care. And if somebody's going to say something, she's, very confident in herself enough to say, um, you know, something to them. So, and remind me, you said you guys are homeschooling your kids, correct? Yeah. Okay. So So I was, I was going to say, how is school for her? But, um, I mean, besides besides homeschool, I'm sure she has other kids that she's around. Does she find herself getting bullied often or people making mean comments or can people even tell that she's transitioned? Um, in all honesty, people that don't know us don't know. No, nobody can tell. She's a beautiful little girl. Um, and I don't know if we did touch on this at the very beginning, but just so everyone who's listening understands my child river, um, was born AMAB, which is assigned male at birth and, um, has transitioned to, presenting as female. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's the jargon for that just really quickly. Um, but yeah, so what, I'm sorry, where, what did you say? Um, just if she gets bullied or. Yeah. So we've not, honestly, we haven't found any spaces that we like stayed in extremely long. Um, and ever since doing the wardrobe and pronoun transition, we haven't been as involved in extracurriculars, unfortunately. Mm. Um, We don't live in a very safe state. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, that was something that I'd recently talked to Rivers Therapist about um, was to, is it safe to disclose or not? You know, do I let people know or do I just say nothing and then hope nobody finds out because they you know, might think that I hit it for some reason or I, I have, you know, there's all different people think all different things. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it's just, I think what a lot of people don't understand is how difficult it is to have a trans child because, um, finding safe spaces for them to just feel like a normal kid is very hard. Mm-hmm. Well, very I, can't, hard. I can't imagine um, I don't know if River only wants to play with girls, but um, even just for my own spouse, who is transitioning from male to female, she has interest in hanging out with women, but also men, yeah. but they feel so unsafe, you know, like mm-hmm. the men are going to feel unsafe because there's girls around us. And I think that's just so sad because literally we're just human. And I think that that's what we really want to bring on our show is like, we are literally just human, all of us. River is. Everyone, yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, so 
Yeah, I just, I just, uh, and they just want everyone just wants a decent shot at it, mm-hmm. a decent shot at feeling human, mm-hmm. and they're made to feel less than so, so much. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like then it? You um, said you guys do less uh, curriculum stuff outside the home. Do you feel like it actually has changed your family dynamic or the things that you used to be able to do, but now it's not as easy? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then, so like River really, you know, like I said, if we go to like a park or, you know, the library or whatever, you know, inside, like playing at McDonald's or something like that, nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Um, Other kids don't know. And River is just River. Um, However, we're just now getting to the point where, you know, within the last year or two where we've been able to like do that more and more because also during the very beginning of this transition, um, that's really difficult to explain to the, the little, the little, little one, Mm -hmm. my middle child who was, you know, two, three, four going Mm -hmm. through this. And a couple of years ago, we, got gifted like passes at a local swim park or whatever for the summer, um, just to like, you know, get us out of the house, have something to do. And we, that was the summer that we started off, um, going to the pool in, uh, swim shorts. And we ended the summer going in a bathing suit with a tutu around it. Um, and I was terrified that summer, um, terrified that someone was going to like get upset, notice that my child was in a different outfit, Mm -hmm. notice that my child used to use this bathroom and now we're going to go in this other one, notice that my child, you know, anything, notice what car we drive. Are they going to slash my tires in the parking lot? Is someone going to like, what's going to happen? And that it's, it's a constant battle as a trans parent to like advocate and make your child feel seen and happy and safe and then always be on guard. Always. I mean, always, always on guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even more difficult because, like I said, we still have, you know, family and friends that don't respect uh, the, po- the pronouns. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, going out to eat as a family, big, giant, 15-seater table of us all. And the waitress must be confused because half of us are using pronouns you know, that are different than the other half of us are using and pointing at this kid. Oh. And it's, you know, some of them say he needs more lemonade. And then some of them say she needs more lemonade. And so as a parent, like, I can't enjoy a meal out. No, no. that is really hard. And, you know, um, because happens- I am constantly worried about what, you know, that's so hard. So do you feel in that scenario, maybe not in that moment, do you feel that those individuals you can even address or are they literally the type of people that no matter what, they will not change the pronouns? Yeah, no matter what, they will not change. And um, at least that's what I've been told for now. And I'm just, I'm just going to hang on that maybe one day they will. And you know, what's really sad is that um, a lot of families that are divided religiously or politically over this, um, I'm sure they feel the same way that one day River will grow out of it and we won't mm-hmm. have to deal with this anymore. And I'm hoping one day they'll grow into it. Yeah. And so it's just a really long journey. Yeah, it really is. And and what's so sad yeah. is it's a forever journey. Yeah, it is a forever journey. No matter um, no matter what. And and that's also really difficult, you know, with a child is is because. I think as a society, we're still deconstructing, um, what kind of like, how much we believe children, um, you know, and how much space they're allowed to take up Mm -hmm. and how much truth they really speak. Um, so yeah, I think that we have as a society, a lot of work to do as well when it comes to the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy that you say that because I say the exact same thing when it comes to couples. Yeah. Because of what I had Mm -hmm. to go through or am going through, it makes me literally look at couples and be like, wait, is the truth there? Because Mm -hmm. if you looked at us on social media or in person prior to the transition, you would think, wow, what a beautiful couple, what a perfect family. And what a big truth wasn't. 
there yet. Yep. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's sad and it's because of society. We cannot just treat people normal. Like even if I go on yeah. social media right now, the first couple questions I get is what bathroom does your spouse use? And I don't yeah. get it. I just don't get it. I don't get what yeah. people have to know and why it should even matter at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that we're just on, we're still at such a surface level of understanding this concept as society. Everyone just wants to talk about like, yeah, the stupid little, the stupid little things Mm -hmm. instead of, instead of, you know, going through it and being someone who is doing life with a transgender person, I feel incredibly lucky to be able to experience what my child has brought to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, you know, the amount of growth, the amount of, um, eye opening, just the amount of love, the way that we're able to just love better Mm -hmm. because river is who she is. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, all of it. I'm grateful for it, but it's not, it's not easy. So Mm -hmm. No, and I don't know about yeah. you, and I hate even using the word, word. I hate even using the word normal, but I don't know how else to say it. So maybe you have a better way to say it. But it's like now, because of what we're going through, it's like staying in your home, even though it's not meant, it's not good mentally to just stay locked up in your home, but it's like the safest way because out there, that's where it, you're accepted. That's where it's normal. Yeah. And it's, and it's so hard to explain to anyone because I have even friends and family like, what do you mean? Like, just try it. And it's like, I don't think you realize stepping outside this door is a lot. Yeah, it is. It's a lot, a lot. It's exhausting too. I mean, mean, even just for my, for me, I have to think of, okay, well, because my, you know, my spouse transitioned very late in life. So she has a very manly voice. She has, right. She hasn't had surgery on her face. So you can see certain things, whatever. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, just use the restroom. She's not passing. Yeah, exactly. And Oh, is someone going to just say, Oh yeah, he, when it's very obvious that it's a she. So it's, it's just really exhausting is what it is. And so it is exhausting. I can only imagine. Yeah. So how did you and your spouse navigate this? Has it, do you feel like it's been, um, I want to say a huge impact on your marriage as well. Oh, uh, the biggest impact. Um, the biggest impact. Yeah. This, you know, once we started coming out to friends and family, we unfortunately lost a lot of people. Mm. Um, and you know, something that was said to me by one of the most important people to me was, I hope that this very small insignificant part of your life won't affect our friendship. Um, And I was like, you don't understand this is the biggest thing that's ever happened to me and my family. Mm. Like, it is not a small and significant, we just won't talk about it type of thing. And we can just continue here. So, you know, um, it's put me and Luke, my husband, through the ringer. I mean, we thankfully... um, we're never like it, you know, the, the stress of this was never really directed at each other, but we, because we both, thank God agreed that this was the best thing that we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the hardest part has been that there's so many times where we're, you know, we're stressed and we're going through it and it makes us withdraw from each other mm-hmm. just because we are in survival mode. We're in coping mechanism mm-hmm. mode and it's, you know, yeah, ups and downs. We're learning, we're navigating how to be there for each other. We're, you know, there's a lot of like eye opening experiences we've gone through. Um, this has literally turned everything ups upside down mm-hmm. because everything that we knew changed and, um, and it, it's had a trickle down effect. We've deconstructed from the religion that we grew up in and we've, you know, highly, highly changed some of our political views. And, Mm -hmm. um, just, I'm grateful for all of the growth that we've been through, but it's, it's, yeah, 
I mean, not Benizi. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we've said that about 12 times. It's not easy. I know. It's it's not easy. But it's not. Yeah. And this is something also that I feel like a lot of people don't, don't understand is I wouldn't choose this. You know, I was not thrilled about the fact that I was going to have to defend my five, six year old to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Who's going to believe me? Mm -hmm. Who's going to leave me? Who's going to hurt me? You know, who's going to hurt her? Mm -hmm. And, um, this is not something that I feel like everyone is just like, Oh, how do you just accept? You don't just accept it, but you realize like, this is it. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. And you either do accept it or, you know, again, you're playing Russian roulette with that child's life. Yeah. So, so I know I'm going to have probably questions of like, okay, well, what can a young child do for a transition? And I know you said earlier, um, outfit change, pronoun change, but I do know that people have the question of, can they start taking hormones at a certain age? Can they have surgeries? What do you know? So what I know, and again, yeah, this is what I know right now, because obviously mine's very young still, Mm -hmm. and, um, we haven't started puberty, so no changes have yet taken effect. Um, but the plan with therapists and doctors is to, um, and that's another thing that I want to highlight is that this is in conjunction with therapists and doctors. This is not just willy nilly. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so what we do is, you know, pronouns and wardrobe at the beginning, obviously when you're a child and then, um, every trans person has different relationships with their self and can have gender dysphoria in many different ways. Um, and some trans and non-binary people don't have as much dysphoria. And so some people will choose to make, you know, changes later in life and some won't. Um, and so what you basically are waiting on is Tanner stage two of puberty which I don't know a lot of the medical jargon yet, but um, it's basically like the secondary phase of puberty where you start to, you know, the Adam's apple is going to start protruding, the voice starts to get lower, body hair shows up. And at that point is whenever you can introduce puberty blockers. Um, Puberty blockers are a halt, a pause. They do not allow the body to further develop into the secondary sex characteristics that it's trying to develop if that makes any sense which i hear that that's a huge step that that's um, that people even ryan it's like if only i could have done that because now i have to not undo you can't undo you cannot undo you cannot undo right but um yeah that's a huge step it is a huge step um however it's not hormones it is not hormone therapy replacement Mm. the voice does not change Nothing happens. And so these kids who enter Tanner stage puberty or Tanner stage two of puberty, that can happen any, any time between like, you know, nine and 10 to like 13, 14. So all kids develop at different ages. Right. Um, And so you could have a, you know, kind of like a five-year range of children who are going to enter blockers based on when they hit puberty. Um, and so depending on whatever age that is at, um, you know, we will follow up with like blood work and things like that. Uh, then if River is experiencing, um, which River already experiences major dysphoria, um, before like she could even, before she even knew really anything would say things to me like, mommy, is my voice going to get dark when I get older? You know, or mommy, will I like, am I going to have a beard like daddy or, you know, stuff like that? Um, worry about it kind of. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, the puberty blockers will be introduced and then that's a pause. And so we can pause for, a couple of years until that child reaches, um, you know, closer to 18 
before they, you know, can make any kind of like changes. Um, there are certain, uh, special cases where children who are a little bit younger, like 15, 16 have undergone, um, procedures, but that's because these children have had, uh, you know, they've lived their entire life as a trans person, mostly, uh, most of those cases. And they, have been on blockers since nine years old mm-hmm. and they're now 16 and they're having major, major, you know, dysphoria and a lot of, a lot of angst because obviously teenagers just want to be normal. You know, kids mm-hmm. want to look like everyone else. They want to develop like everyone else. Um, and so it is a, you know, race against also the, the mental clock. Um, because again, the, the statistic of suicide is so high so, yeah, that's when at that point you would start, you know, making the hormonal therapy changes. And then after you're on hormonal therapy for a while is whenever you can start introducing other um, cosmetic procedures. Wow. Um, I am curious if you wouldn't mind sharing, is River's name her given birth name or did she end up changing it? Um, River is... River's birth name. (laughs) So yeah, she was, um, born with that first name. River's middle name was Joseph and we changed Joseph to Josephine. Um, it's a family name, grandfather name. So, um, now we say River Josephine, uh, but River at first was, you know, questioning whether or not she was going to change her name. Mm. Um, and, the same summer that we had the, the swim passes, we're in the wave pool. We're in the very back of the wave pool one day. And um, it was just me and her. We were on a big floaty, you know, and the waves were going. So there, you can't go anywhere or escape. You know, you're just kind of like riding it out till it's over. Um, and the, the area that we were in, there was a parent yelling for another child that was, or like a teenager that was in the water, um, a teenage girl. And the mom was yelling for her to get out of the pool. And then this child starts to swim over and respond, but her mom was yelling river, 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 get out of the pool. It's time to go. And river looked at me and goes, that's my name, you know? And then noticed that this teenage girl was swimming to get out of the pool. And then, and she looked at me, This moment is forever etched into my brain, but she looked at me and her eyes were so, she, I mean, just the elation of like, there are girls named River. There are girls named River. And I was like, yeah, you have. And so that was her realizing her name was passing and that she wouldn't have to change it. Wow. And that was like huge. I could only imagine. I mean, I feel like Ryan feels that way when, cause Ryan can go kind of both ways. Yeah. We hear it more, right. you know, masculine or whatever, but just to hear even people, cause we will go live sometimes on TikTok and they'll be like, Ryan is such a beautiful name. And I can see her smile. Like, yeah, how I can actually be accepted in this world, with just, just a name, which My is name. so crazy. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. a name, but that, yeah, that's so sweet. And, and a name is, but a name is a lot to a trans person. It is. Um, because it could either, the name that you were given can either, you know, trans people refer to it as dead name mm-hmm. because it makes them feel dead inside. Mm-hmm. And um, it is like quite a precious process for a trans person to go through. Um, precious as in intimate, as in like scary, as in, you know, very, it invokes a lot of emotion to, to decide whether or not you can keep that part of yourself still. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's something that like your, you know, your name is given to you and especially ones like Ryan or river that could go either way. Um, but like at first you don't really know. And yeah, so it's just, it holds so much weight. It does. Yeah. And then the thing that I'm, uh, I don't know if you would agree with us just yet, but like, I don't think people understand that even a name change, but transitioning is not just, I want to be a girl. I want to be a boy. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people have that in their head. Whereas like Ryan has to go through hell every single day just to try to even feel 
more of herself. More and, of herself. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just don't think people even can accept the fact that this is not a choice. Ryan would press a button, spend a million dollars if she could literally just end this feeling and not yeah. have to possibly lose her wife, as she would say, or, you know, lose her family, all the things that they're literally willing to give up. And I, and I understand your, your child was much younger, but still it's a lot. She could have, yeah. she could have, um, uh, faked that. Oh, yep. I love the clothes that mom gets me. Yep. I love my, you know, being mm-hmm. called he and suck it up because you know what? My mom and my dad, I don't even know if they're going to love me anymore, but that's why I say it's yeah. so huge. And just like that doctor said to you, like, it's obvious that her home is so safe because she's coming out at a very young age that a lot of kids do, do not ever come out. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. It's scary, but yeah, I can. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I didn't have a choice, you know, oh. like, so I love my kids and, um, you know, a lot of people say, what if the other two? And I'm like, then, then we do it. You yeah. know, I have two girls and a boy right now until they tell me otherwise. Yep. Yep. I know I get it all the time. Like, and I'd actually don't have any, I actually don't have any background into this, but, um, they go, well, what if Sawyer, uh, my two year old, um, what if he, you know, wants to be just like daddy and Ryan will always say, cause Ryan doesn't go by dad, but, um, Ryan will always say like, then we, then we go through that. If you know, we right. have to ask questions. It's not just like, Oh, you want to wear a dress? Okay. You can forever wear this. It's like you said, there's so many steps to it mm-hmm. and you can't understand it until you're in it really. But yeah. we, we get that all the time and it's really hard. It's not something we can explain. And I, t- I tell everybody, you have to take life day by day after you go through this or anything, mm-hmm. which you realize, Holy cow, you will never predict your life ever. You can't. Right. Right. What advice would you give any families, parents going through this with their child and maybe even family members that have a young individual or older that are going through it? What would you advise them? Um, I mean, honestly, I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. (laughs) But just believe your kids. Just believe them. Because that's that's literally the most port the most important part, um, and I think that as taboo as it is to say, like believe them even if you don't believe it, mm-hmm. because you know it's again it's it is a life or death literally life or death situation, mm-hmm. um, and if your child is especially been persistent and consistent for six months or more, then believe them. Yeah. And that's you, the biggest piece of advice I can have. I just heard this from, um, someone I follow about the trans community is, have you ever, have we ever thought as parents, our child knows themselves best. We don't, we may, right. we may know our children, but we can't feel what they're feeling inside. Right. And right. It, yeah. Like, yeah. Wake up call. It's like, oh my gosh. Yes. Listen mm-hmm. to your kids. They, Mm -hmm. and even if they're exploring, that's another thing I've had open my mind, my eyes up to is, yeah, I wasn't open for that. I going through this, I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. If my son wants to, you know, whatever, paint his nails with me or something like just let them explore. Right. Exactly. Let them explore. And I think that that was, that was a big part of our journey. It was exploration and it was just give it time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, Clothes are clothes. Toys are toys. Like, whatever your kid wants to wear or play with, like, just let them. Exactly. Um, it Don't let it freak you out, you know, to hold so much weight on that. But um, I think that what I really want to encourage people to understand and to, to try to pay attention to is that when it comes to trans and non-binary people, and them sharing their truth with you and asking for you to, you know, call them certain pronouns um, or a name that I would just encourage people not to make it about them. Don't yeah. turn around and make that situation about yourself mm-hmm. because it literally has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. The way that they want to be spoken to or referred to has nothing to do with you. 
as a person. No. So, um, I wish that more people understood what you're communicating to, um, a person who is trans when you don't, you know, honor them. Um, I actually have an insanely good resource of, or a printout of this from my therapy, my kid's therapist. Um, number one is I know you better than you know yourself. You know, you're, you're literally saying to that person, I think I know you better than you know yourself right now. So I'm not going to, you know, address you the way that you need to be addressed. Mm. Um, number two is you're saying, I would rather hurt you repeatedly than change the way that I speak about you. Um, number three is your sense of safety is not important to me. Number four is your identity isn't real and shouldn't be acknowledged. Number five is I want to teach everyone around me to disrespect you. Number six is offending you is fine if it makes me feel more comfortable. Number seven is I can hear you talking, but I'm not really listening. Number eight is being who you truly are is an inconvenience to me. Nine is I would prefer if you stopped being honest with me. And 10 is I am not an ally, a friend, or someone that you can trust. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. And, you know, yes, my therapist sent that to me, and it's a great document. Did I have the balls to then forward it to anyone in my family? No. You know, it's so um, true though. I mean, does your, but I have it. it's a great resource. I don't know your, when to pull it out. <laughs> does your therapist like advise you to do that, to send it to? Yeah. Has advised me to. Yeah. Um, to share that with them. And I'm still finding a safe time to do that. You yeah. know, I mean, it so. takes, it you takes- literally, it's a waiting game. I mean, it really is. It's, it's insane. It's so. like, you're trying to respect that person or people, whoever they yeah. are. But Mm -hmm. yet you're also just wanting to be accepted. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, one other thing that, um, you know, is really difficult having to go going through this process with children um, and trying to explain everything to them is, you know, Rowan, our middle child was four, around four at the time, you know, and that same summer being at, you know, parks or, you know, swimming or wherever we were and just kids being kids and getting to try to know other kids, you know, they talk and they, Hey, I'm me and you're you and what's your name and I'm blah, blah, blah. And Rowan, uh, was four at the time. And I remember being, uh, like at the playground and I overheard him say, this is River. She used to be my sister, but, or she used to be my brother, but now she's my sister. Um, and the other kids were the other kids that were like around at the time just were like did literally said nothing like didn't respond to that because I don't think they kind of were just like oh okay. Um the thing that's beautiful about kids is that kids literally just go with mm-hmm. it. They roll with it. Nobody cares. Kids don't care. Um you literally it's beautiful. Um and so yeah, I mean it's difficult to explain to your 4-year-old that river feels like a girl on the inside river has a girl brain is how we've explained this to Rowan is that river has a boy body, but a girl brain. And, um, so since river has a girl brain, she's actually a girl, but her just body looks like a boy. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah. And so that's extremely simple and extremely easy for kids to wrap their minds around. And they are just like, Oh, okay. Got it. And that was that pretty much from then on. And it was a lot of reminders of, you know, and it was a lot of River reminding Rowan and saying, you know, say she, please, or whatever. But it was a very quick and easy thing for Rowan to pick up. But it's just, it's difficult because that's why we we slowed down on the extracurriculars and really joining any kind of teams or anything like that for a while because um, I didn't, I didn't trust my four-year-old to not say something that would put my family in an unsafe position. And it's so like, how do you tell your four-year-old this is good. And like rivers, you know, has a girl brain and river is a girl, but don't talk Mm -hmm. about it. You know, how do you tell them that? Because especially kids that 
you know, are very smart, like they know, um, something's off there. What if, if this is like what it is, why can't mm-hmm. I talk about it? Like why, you know? So yeah, it's just, it's complicated and messy and heavy and it's a long game, you know? Um, but we're just now at the age and at the, you know, three, four year mark in almost of this transition, uh, to where we're, we're really settled and we're, we're feeling safer and we're feeling more confident. Rowan's older now. He doesn't just blurt out information (laughs) randomly to strangers. Um, but yeah, it's still, you know, it's an ongoing navigation of dynamics. Uh, how has Rowan taken it now? Now that he's a little bit older, does he ever talk about it? Um, no, he never talks about it. Um, that it's not there's it's nothing to talk about you know it's literally like I said for kids um and like River's cousins and stuff like they it's a non-factor River's just River River's always been River um we just say she now and they're totally fine with that they picked it up and ran with it never looked back um and they correct the adults the kids correct the adults a lot that slip up or um you know yeah, Nora um, Rivers, my niece. Um, she's River closest to Rowan's age, but her and River are the you know the oldest mm-hmm. girls, and so they really do a lot of stuff together. And um, Nora's always been a champion of River, and has always corrected people, and has always reminded um, you know, like my you know the grandparents or whoever to to make sure they pay attention to how they're speaking or you know. So other than yeah. the what the therapist sent you, you mentioned a book. Can you say that the name of that book one more time? Yeah, um, the book is The Gender Creative Child by Diane Aronsaft, okay. uh, PhD. And um, another good resource is also thetrevorproject.org. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a non-for-profit website that has literal, I mean, you can click and read definitions of every single, you know, uh, acronym in the LGBTQIA plus community, learn about the differences. Um, there's resources on there for families that, you know, there's questions on there, question and answer. Um, yeah. So that's a really great resource as well. Wow. Thank you so much, Sarah, for popping on here and sharing your story. I really do appreciate you even opening up. It's been awesome to learn even just what a child has to go through because I'm going through it with just a spouse. So um, thank you. I know this was very vulnerable and hard for you to share. So I really appreciate your time today and I'm looking forward to learning more. Thank you so much. I really appreciate what you and Ryan are both doing. So I'm honored to have been part of this too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Beyond Your Lens. Remember, your story matters. Keep an open heart and an open mind. Until next time, keep looking beyond your lens. If you'd like to follow our personal journey where we open up more about our story, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at TransWifeLife. Take care and stay true to yourself.